Praise the Lord. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for uh, being here and choosing to be here Sunday afternoon. I know Sunday afternoon is one of the best times to, to stay in bed and sleep, right? And, and hang out at home or watch a movie. I know a lot of people, they use Sunday afternoon as a, as a rest day. But you choose to be here and, and it's an evidence of your faith, of your commitment to the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Thank you for being here. You know, uh, one of the one of the things that we expect that's expected of a believer is not just to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but also to suffer for Him. Amen. We are commanded in Scripture not only to believe but to suffer for Him. Now, if you if you go back throughout history, look at history. You know that there were times in history where Christianity was intensely persecuted. In fact, uh, it was through the death of Stephen, we, 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 we studied this, it was through the death of Stephen that, that the, the believers, the early believers, they became so, you know, initially they were so comfortable in Jerusalem that they're not willing to go out into Judea and Samaria, into the ends of the earth. They just stay there, you know, Peter and the, 12, and the 11, 11 disciples and the rest of the early believers, they just stayed in Jerusalem. And it took the death of Stephen... For them to get out and go into the, the towns and villages of Judea and Samaria. So basically, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, or months ago already, that, that it was the death of Stephen. That was a turning point in, in Jesus' strategy for reaching the world. You know, Jesus said in Acts 1.8 that, that uh, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, the next in Judea and Samaria. Then the ends of the earth, right? That transition point from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria, that turning point there was the death, the martyrdom of Stephen. Or Stephen. I know some of you people here are Stephen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I pray that you're not going to, maybe if it's God's will, then you, but we don't want that to happen to you. <laughs> Become a martyr. But praise God, that an, that's a blessing. That's a blessing to, to, to give our lives for the Lord. And you notice throughout history that, that persecutions and suffering and hostility towards Christianity is God's way of reaching to certain groups of people. Amen? We've seen that in the, in the, Old, in the New Testament. We've seen that throughout church history. And even recently, how many of you heard of Jim Elliot? You know, Jim Elliot was a, was a missionary that was sent to Ecuador, and he was supposed to reach, his, his, him, him and his team were supposed to reach a tribe there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce the tribe, but it's, uh, it's probably pronounced as Horani people. And you know, they just arrive in Ecuador and, and, and just starting their ministry. They haven't, even haven't, they, haven't, they haven't even started reaching out to the locals, to the tribes. And all five of the, of the men who went there were killed. They were killed by the natives, by the tribes. Uh, Jimmy Elliot and his friends. And you know, through, that through his death, later on, his, his family, including his children, ended up being missionaries in, that, in those places. Missionaries to the people that killed their father. Think about that. And now there are Christians in that tribe. There are believers in that area because of the, of the sacrifice of Jimmy Elliot and his friends. It's true in many places. Even Korea, if you heard how, how South Korea became, uh, how Christianity entered South Korea, it was true, the death of missionaries as well. They, even, they were not even able to enter the country. I think they died just right at the entry point, maybe at the pier. But it was true that those deaths of those missionaries that the gospel has entered this country. So hostility towards Christianity in the big picture of God's plan. Let me say this. I know some of you might not agree with this. It's part of God's plan. It's, it's a blessing. God uses hostility against Christianity for his glory and purpose. And this is what we're going to learn today in Acts chapter 17. So we're now in Acts chapter 17, finally. So we started this last year, right? I don't know what, what, what time of last year we started this. June, maybe, in Acts chapter 1. I forgot what, when we started, but we've been in Acts for several months now. Almost a year now, probably. 
Yeah, so, um, so we're in Acts chapter 17, and let us pray. Let us pray before we begin our message. Father God, I, I, I want to honor you and praise you, and I pray that all the hearts who are here today will honor and praise you as well, Lord. First of all, for your presence in our midst, Lord, and that you are with us, Lord, Emmanuel. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that it is only by your holy presence and by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we are able to accomplish anything, Lord God. Anything in this life and even this gathering today, Lord, is by your power, Lord. You know that how, in, how incapable I am, Lord. You know how incapable we are, oh God, in our own strength. We don't have any, any eternal, Lord God, power or strength that could, Lord, that, could, that anything we do will make an impact in this world. It's not by our might, not by our strength. But by the power, Lord, of your Holy Spirit, Lord. So we ask your Holy Spirit to just work in our midst, Lord. Lord, we don't want any hindrance, O oh God, because of sin or any unbelief, O oh God, or any doubt that comes from the enemy. We don't want these things, Lord. So, Lord, deliver us, Lord. Cleanse us. Forgive us, Lord, for any kind of sin, Lord God, whether we committed it in our hearts and in our minds, or whether we did something this week that is dishonorable, that's filthy, Lord God unholy before your sight we ask your forgiveness lord we ask your cleansing oh god for you are faithful and just to forgive us lord that you because you're a good god lord a good and gracious and merciful god lord god so lord we depend on who you are we depend on your mercy and grace that's why we can boldly come to you asking for your blessing asking for your mercy and asking for your forgiveness lord Lord, we ask your blessing also upon the preaching of your word, that, that, that it will be spoken, Lord God, in such a way that will inspire everyone, Lord, to love you more, to know you more. And they will, they will hunger for your word, just like what it says in the psalm, that, that like a deer that thirsts for your living water, O oh God, that thirsts for, for water, O oh God. That we'll be thirsty and hungry for you, Lord. That we'll be thirsty and hungry for your word, O oh God. And that we'll be thirsty and hungry for your presence in our lives, Lord. That every time we wake up in the morning, O oh God, each day, Lord God, it is you that we desire. It is your presence that we long for. That the first thing we'll do is going to be standing, sitting before the presence of God. Kneeling, even kneeling before you, Lord. As the, as the sun comes up in the morning, Lord. Lord, we entrust unto you our brothers and sisters today, Lord God. I would like to pray for them, Lord, who are struggling physically, Lord God. You know Atleti Villamin, Lord, who's been struggling with, with brain cancer, Lord. And I know that you are at work in her, in her body, Lord. And she's struggling today, Lord. We ask for your healing. We ask for your deliverance from cancer, Lord God. Lord, we pray that, our, that as a church, we will plead, we will cry to you, Lord God, for the healing of Atalanti Bilobin, Lord. And we today, Lord God, just offer his body unto your hands, unto your power, that you will take hold of her body, Lord, and grant her deliverance, Lord Jesus, in your name. For nothing is impossible with you. We just sang this song, Lord. Lord, I lift unto, unto you, Lord, and Lord, who was also struggling this week, Lord, he was, she was not, she's not here today. Bring healing, Lord, upon her body. I pray for Juan right now, Lord God. You know that he's been struggling with, 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 uh, with his kidneys, oh God, and, and, and now going through a dialysis, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you grant him, strengthen his body to, to, to be able, Lord God, to, to overcome, Lord, weakness and, and sick, this sickness, Lord God. Grant him many, many more years ahead of him, Lord. Many more years to serve you, to love you, and grow in you, Lord God. So, Lord, entrust unto you this procedure that is going through, Lord, the dialysis process. Also for the Elma, Lord, who is also going through dialysis, Lord. Lord, I pray for healing, Lord, and deliverance, Lord. If I know that you are a good God. If you will it, O oh God, she will be well. If you desire it, O oh God, if you choose to do so, she'll be well. But, Lord, we just pray that you sustain her in this process that she's going through. Don't let her lose hope, lose heart. I always find joy, Lord God, even in the most difficult experience, Lord God. Lord, together with Alan, Lord. Lord, we also lift unto you, Anna, Lord. She was at the ER just last night, Lord, uh, having stomach problems and vomiting. Lord, you know what she's, she's going through. She's alone here without her family, Lord. Pray for healing for Anna, Lord. Lord, I know that she just she was discharged this morning. So, Lord, I pray that we will pray for her. Uh, she's been struggling physically since she came here to the U.S., Lord. Lord, uh, 
grant her deliverance and comfort, even, even peace and joy today. Uh, Lord, whether she's at bed right now, just pray for your peace and, co peace and comfort, Lord. Lord, even in the midst of struggle and suffering she's going through. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the, my, the love of my brothers and sisters in your presence, Lord, and speak to us through your word. All glory be to you alone, Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior and our King. Amen. Amen. Okay, so, so Acts chapter 17 comes after the heels of, you know, of course, 16. <laughs> um, okay, Jimmy, can you put it on the sermon slides? Okay. Okay, it's there. Why was this the first slide? Okay. 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 So... So at the beginning of Acts chapter 17, sorry about this side here. Let me try to turn this a bit. So, oh, sorry also for that side. <laughs> I don't have any option here, but that's okay. Uh, so it, for, the, for you who are not able to see it clearly, it's, it's simply a map. I actually just drew the map myself because I could not find a good map online, so I had to write, I just got the map from... from from Bing, from Microsoft, and put on all the lines there. So, uh, so from last week, we talked about Paul and Silas in Philippi, and, and they were there uh, for a time, shared the gospel with a lady named Lydia, and also won the jailer to Christ. Remember that story last week? And, and because of what God is doing through their lives, you know, the Jews there didn't like what Paul was doing, and, and, and also the locals there... The locals there, because, uh, you know, it, it came against their, their idolatry, what Paul was doing. You know, it was, he was doing things that, that the locals who are pagan, they disliked what Paul was doing. They were insult, insulted, they were beaten, and they were imprisoned in Philippi. So this is where Philippi is in the map. It's at the northern side of the Aegean Sea, and that's where Paul and Silas, Timothy, and, and Luke, uh, all of them were there at that point. So before leaving the city of Philippi, they decided to have some kind of fellowship at the house of Lydia. So Paul, you know, um, took advantage of that opportunity to, to, to encourage the believers, the new believers, the new church that just started in the, in the city of Philippi. And these are the words you hear from Paul when he, when he wrote to this church in Philippi. Uh, in Philippians 1.6, he said, Being confident in this, being confident in this, that he who began a good work, a good ministry in this city of Philippi, he will carry it to completion, meaning God will finish what he started in you. You know, Paul needed to encourage this church because they were being persecuted, intensely persecuted. By the people in that city, the small church. Think of a, think, think of a small church here, maybe composed of, of just a few families. And in fact, in Philippians 1, 6, also, oh, sorry. Uh, okay, got done that. In Philippians 1, 27, they were encouraged by Paul to stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith. Meaning, you need to be united together in the midst of this persecution, Philippian church. You need to be united. Why? Because, he said, for it's been granted to you to, in behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Jesus. You know, as Christians, we are called to believe in Christ. Yes, we agree with that. But also, we are actually expected to suffer for Christ. And this kind of words, you don't hear this in many churches because sometimes the message is just all positives, but the Bible doesn't talk about positive, happy things all the time. Because the reality of the life of a believer, it's not an easy life. Technically, we can say it's not a happy life, it's a joyful life. But externally, it's not going to be a happy life. Uh, from a physical standpoint, you could be, you know, you could be, as a believer, you could be struggling outside, you could be suffering, you could be, be, you could be you're being persecuted. But the, the good thing about the Christian is that we have joy within. You know, external happiness is different than internal joy. You know, you could be smiling or you could be sad, but, but you can have consistent joy in your heart, right? 
No, it's unrealistic. You know, there's, there's this song, Ang Buhay ng Kristiyano in, in, in Tagalog. Uh, the life of a Christian is happy all the time. I don't know if it's a realistic song. Because I could not imagine myself always smiling all the time. I have problems, I'm smiling all the time. You know, it's not realistic. There are times in my life as a Christian that I'm crying. I'm crying in prayer. I'm crying because I'm struggling. You know, there are times in the Christian life that you, you, you go through difficult times. That you cannot even smile. But the amazing thing of being a follower of Jesus, there's joy in your heart. And there's a, that's the difference. Joy is finding hope in God. Finding hope that God will, will, will pull you through this problem. That there is something good beyond this circumstance. That's, what, that's the difference between us and the world. There's joy in whatever circumstances. And, and, and so what happened is, so, so Paul encouraged these believers not to be frightened uh, because of all the sufferings that they're going through. They, they should not be scared because this hostility that's going on in the Philippian church is all part of God's plan. It's all part of God's plan. So what happened? They had to leave, they had to leave Philippi and went to a city, the next city that had a Jewish population and a Jewish synagogue. It was the city of Thessalonica. And I describe the Thessalonians as hostile. Hostile, meaning they are openly, they openly oppose, they were unfriendly. They were unfriendly. The Thessalonians. And you'll read about this now. So Thessalonica is towards the west of Philippi. So this was Philippi, and Paul traveled, traveled to these places. Uh, at, uh, Amphipolis and Apollonia, but they, they probably decided to go to Thessalonica because there was a synagogue there and there was a Jewish community there as well. And what we, what we know from Scripture is that Luke stayed behind in Philippi. How do I know? In Acts 17.1, the, the pronoun there is they. Luke did not use we. So therefore, Luke was not there. So we believe that Luke stayed in Philippi while Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they went to Thessalonica. And, and there, they began to preach in the, in, the, in the synagogue. And the Bible tells us that they, Paul preached for three Sabbaths, meaning three weekends. And what did Paul do? This is what he did. He explained to the Jews that the Messiah must suffer, die, and rise from the dead. Meaning he was talking from the Old Testament, from the, from the Jewish, basically that's the Jewish scripture, that's the Jewish Bible, Tanakh. And, and he was saying that, that the Messiah, according to scripture, is going to suffer, die, and rise from the dead. And, and Paul is showing to them, this is the reality, this is what prophecy is saying. And this man that we know of, from Nazareth, his name is Jesus of Nazareth, is the Christ. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. Meaning, we, we've seen the life of Jesus, that Jesus was suffered, he was crucified, and he died. It matches exactly with what Scripture is saying. So Paul here, remember our, our, our camp, we talk about being reasonable, being logical. So Paul here was being reasonable and logical to the Jews in saying, look at the prophecies and look at this man's life. Wow, it matches. <laughs> Prophecy says, he suffer, he will suffer, he'll die, he'll resurrect, and Jesus of Nazareth exactly went through the same things. Amen? And so, through this message, after three Sabbaths, after three weekends of preaching, he was able to persuade a few Jews, small number of Jews, some. In the Bible uses the word some Jews were persuaded. But there were many Greeks and Gentiles that were persuaded with this message. So basically, you got a new group of believers now in Thessalonica. But most of them were, were Greeks and Gentiles. But here's the problem. Majority of the Jews rejected false message. And not only that they rejected Paul's message, if you read through uh, Acts 17, what they did is they were jealous of Paul and Silas because they were winning converts 
uh, among the Gentiles, they form a mob. You know, the Bible uses the word uh, 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 bad characters. These men have caused trouble all over. No, where I had there, I'm ahead there, sorry. So he's, this, in, in Acts 17, the Bible describes that this people were bad people, bad characters. They, they got people from the marketplace and they started a riot. A mob went to the house where Paul was staying. So there was this group of people, very angry, very hostile crowd, you know. And they went to the house where Paul and Silas stayed. And, and, and they did not find Paul and Silas in that house. So what, they, what did they do? They dragged the owner of the house, his name is Jason, along with some other believers. You can read it in, 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 the, in Acts 17, uh, in Acts chapter 17, at the beginning part of Acts 17. And, and, and they dragged Jason and some believers and brought them before the officials of, of, of Thessalonica and they hurled false accusations against them. And these are one of the things they, they did. They said, this man have caused trouble all over the world and now they have come here. And, and they said, uh, I'm getting ahead here. And they said that this Jew, this man, Paul and, and, and Silas, they were defying Caesar's, Caesar's decree and saying that there's another king and his name is Jesus. So they're, they're trying to incite violence against Paul and, and Silas. And these Thessalonians, Thessal here, these Jewish Thessalonians who didn't believe Paul's message, they were liars. They were desperate liars. You know, the Jews hated the Roman emperor. They hated the Roman emperor because the, the Romans... Uh, colonized, or they were, they were colonizers of the nation of Israel. They, 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 they were oppressive to the nation of Israel. But you know, they were willing, but, but they were willing to side with the Romans because their hatred for Paul and Christ was even greater. It was even greater. You know, now there are people like that today, you know. They, they're willing to compromise with sin, willing to do evil, illegal things, justify riots, burn churches, murder innocent people. There are people like that today who do these kinds of things all because they hate Christ and Christianity. Same thing back then, 2,000 years ago. There are people like that today. And so Paul, later on, wrote to this group of Christians in Thessalonians, a small group of believers again. And these are the words that Paul told the Thessalonian Christians. You know, he was what he's saying here. These people drove us out and are hostile towards us. Uh, and he's saying in their effort, uh, in their effort to, to, to uh, stop Paul and, 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 Barnab and, and sorry, Silas from speaking the gospel, you know, this is what the passage is saying, that these people were hostile towards them, kicked them out, drove them out of Thessalonica. But this is what, God, what Paul said. Even though they did this, time will come that the wrath of God will come upon them. You know, let God take care of these people. Let, God, let the vengeance be, let God take care of, of that side. Uh, you know, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. You know, God will take care of these people. God's wrath is against these people who are preventing, who's preventing Paul and Silas from preaching the gospel. So because of this hostile situation, Paul and Silas had to leave Thessalonica. They had to leave at night, by the way, because their life is in danger. And Paul continued to encourage, when Paul later on wrote to the Thessalonian Christians, some of the, these are some of his words. He said, brothers, our visit to you was not a failure, was not without results. He was saying, even though we were kicked out of Thessalonica, brothers and sisters, even though we, we experienced great opposition, even though uh, there, was, there were a lot of people that, were, that hated us, it was, not, it was not a failure. It was not a failure. Because with God's help, we were able to share the gospel says here, as you know, but with God, with the help of our God, we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. You notice how the letter 
relates very closely with, with the account in Acts. That's why I encourage you to read Acts as well while reading the letters. Because many of the things Paul is saying in these letters is related to what happened in those places that he, he visited. Thessalonians relates to his experience in Thessalonica. Philippians relates to his experience in Philippi. That's why it's good to read Acts carefully, you know, really, really try to connect with the words that you see in these letters because it's, it's related. Then Paul, again, uh, he said these words um, is in Thessalonians 2.8. He said, so we cared for you because we love you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Amen? Such a very good word. Right? Paul didn't only share the gospel with the Thessalonians, but loved them, cared for them, and he also shared with them his life. And you know, as a church, I'm seeing this more and more in our church, that we're not here only to share the word of God with one another. Right? We're not here only for, for, for the sake of coming to church. It's Sunday and listen to the message. We share our lives. Amen? I know you love one another, right? <laughs> we, we had our life group last Friday, and I know all the life groups are like this. We begin meeting at, at 6 or 7, and, and I think we all go home at 12, midnight. <laughs> and sometimes I have to leave at 10 because I cannot anymore stand staying until 11. But some of you, you still stay until 1 in the morning. I think there were cases that, right, Marvin? Some, they're not going home. No, that's... I think you love each other too much. <laughs> So, so this is really the description of the church. We're not just people who meet one day a week, right? We're a community, a family of believers. We care for one another 24 by 7, right? We are connected to one another 24 by 7, not just Sundays. Now, from Thessalonica, okay, Paul had to leave, right? Because their his, and, and, and Silas, their, lives was in, their life was in danger, so they had to go to another city, and the next city on their list was Berea. And I would describe the Bereans as eager Bereans. So there are blanks on your, on your uh, program. The first blank there, of, of course, talks about the hostile Thessalonians. The second blank there talks about the eager Bereans. You know, the word eager means into, uh, they're, they're, they have a strong desire. Strong interest. They're excited with energy, enthusiastic. They, they have strong energy, uh, desire. Sorry, not. They have energy, excited, strong interest for what Paul was teaching. They were interested in Paul's message. Okay, going back to our map. map. Where's my map? Okay. Okay, good, good. Thank you, Jim. Did you click that? Okay, so from, from Philippi, they left Luke behind there. Then they went to Thessalonica. And in Thessalonica, they actually left Timothy there. <laughs> so I assume, we can assume that the reason why Paul and Silas left Tim, Luke in Philippi and left Timothy in, in Thessalonica uh, for, for them to continue to encourage the church there, you know, to continue to build up the believers there. And now they're now... Paul and Silas are now in Berea, and Berea is, is, is located, it's close to the sea as well, just like Thessalonica and even Philippi is towards is a bit inland. So this is what uh, Berea looks like today. It's the city of Berea. It's in northern Greece. It's in the area of Macedonia, northern part of Greece. So it's already a big city today, okay? It's probably smaller during the time of uh, the Apostle Paul. Um, so, Paul and Silas, their experience in Berea is very different than Thessalonica. Because, uh, of course, there was a Jewish community there. There was a, a synagogue there. And this is what they experienced there. Paul and Silas, upon reaching Berea, they, again, as usual... The way Paul did in different cities, he went to the synagogue and preached to the Jews. That's his starting point. Like for me, like any one of us, it's easier to connect to people, first to connect with people that you can relate easily, right? 
Filipinos can easily connect with Filipinos. Whatever your culture is, you connect easily with the people of the same culture because you have the same language. And Paul did the same thing. But he didn't restrict himself with the Jews because he also went out and reached to the Greeks and, and Romans and other cultures. But usually he started with the Jews. That was his starting point. Because they know the scripture, they know the Old Testament, our Old Testament. And, 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 and so it's easy to connect with them. And so, so as he presented the message, I believe he presented the same message. He showed the Old Testament prophecies and, and all these prophecies match with the life of a man named Jesus of Nazareth. And he's saying, looking at these prophecies and looking at the life of Jesus, Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. So, so what happened is, after this message, the Bible tells us, this is what the Bible tells us, the Berean Jews were more noble, were of noble, more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Okay, that says a lot, says a lot right? For they received the message with great eagerness and examined scriptures every day to see if what Paul, was, what Paul said was true. So basically, what, what Bereans, how the Bereans responded to the gospel, to the word of God, with great eagerness. They were excited. They, 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 they were expecting more. They enjoyed it. They, 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 they were thrilled. Not like, unlike the Thessalonians. They were excited. And, and to the point that they examined scripture daily to check what, what, what Paul was saying, if what Paul was saying was true. They were verifying, is Paul really saying the truth? Is it really founded on scripture, what Paul was saying? And, 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 Paul, and Luke actually called the Bereans noble. Their character was, was, was a, a, of good quality. A good, yeah, character of good quality, high quality character. Now, how did Paul, um, what does a noble character, you know, what is a noble character based on this passage? Let me give you three things, just a sort of a sub uh, title. Uh, so, um, under under uh, eager Bereans, there are three things I want to say about someone of noble character. So the first thing we, we learn, learn from this passage is that, this is the first answer to the first set of blanks there, they intently listen to God's word. They intently listen to God's word. They carefully listen to Paul and, and Silas. They tried to understand what he was saying. And Paul, and Paul, you know, tried to explain the same things with Bereans, the way what he ever, whatever he explained with the, with the Thessalonians. But the Bereans really listened tried to understand, and they made a decision to accept Paul's message. So they really listened, intently listened. The next thing you'll find is that not only that they listened, they wholeheartedly received the word of God. They wholeheartedly received the word of God. Even when the Bereans knew little. Remember, you notice in the passage, if you go back to that passage earlier, it says there, receive the message with great eagerness. So meaning, even if they didn't know a lot of things, even if they knew little, they received the word with great eagerness. Then they examined the scriptures every day to check what Paul was saying, if what Paul was saying was true. You know, it's, think about your own experience as Christians. When you accepted Christ, you accept, accepted him on the basis of a very simple message that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, right? All you are called to do is trust him, believe in him, and you are saved. You don't know anything yet about justification or atone or the details of atonement. You don't know anything yet about, about the prophecies about Jesus or the historical evidence of Jesus. You don't know those things yet, right? You only knew very little about Jesus, that all you have to do is trust him as your personal Lord and Savior, and what? how did you respond? You believe, right? Amen? You believe. Even though you have limited information about him. And, and that's really a noble, that's a noble character. Being able to trust God with what little he gives you. Amen? Amen? 
you haven't read the entire Bible yet at that point maybe when you accepted Christ. But you still believe in him. A good example is Abraham. You remember Abraham when God called him to, to, to leave uh, his, his hometown Ur and, and went, go to the promised land? What did God told Abraham? What did God said to Abraham? He said, go, Abraham, leave your family. Uh, bring your, bring your, your, your nephew, your wife, your, your family, and leave your, your no, leave, not leave your family, but leave your uh, father's home, parents' home. And he told him, go to the place I'm going to show you. <laughs> what kind of instruction is that? <laughs> hey, uh, Deloida, go to the place I'm going to tell you later on. <laughs> okay. Hmm. <laughs> How will that work? That's hard, right? God gave him very little information. But what did Abraham do? He went. He obeyed. That is faith, right? That is faith. That is faith. And not only that, they believe God with, based on what Paul preached to them. Not only that, they eagerly studied God's word. That's the last blanks there on that, on that second point there. They eagerly studied God's word, word. They wanted to know more. They wanted to expand their knowledge. They wanted to verify for themselves. They wanted to see for themselves what Paul was saying. What Paul was, was telling them, I want to really know myself. What is going on here? Is this really what, what Paul is saying, what Paul is preaching? Is it really what the Bible is saying? And, and I pray that this is true for all of you. When you listen to me preach, you need to check all scripture. And I hope that this will encourage you to read Acts more. Because Acts is very interesting. And it, it really connects with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the letters. And they search the scripture. In fact, the Bible says they searched the scripture daily, every day. They were so excited. They were on fire. You know, they were so, wow, this is really good. This is really good. Finally, the Messiah is here. And I want to really know him. I want to know him. I want to know him from, from his word, from God's word. Luke said this kind of character is noble. This kind of character is of good quality. Let me ask you, when you have questions, when there are things in your life that you don't understand, are you spending time, are you taking the time to figure out answers to those questions? Are you doing everything? If you have doubts about God and his word, are you spending time trying to find answers to those doubts? Or are you just letting it go? Are you just, or are you just ignoring those doubts, those questions? You know, personally, I... I I, I matured my growth, my, my, my growing years in high school and college, and my, my growth as a Christian happened significantly when God answered those questions that I had all my life. As God answered my questions, I learned more, I get to know Him better. And, 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 and there are times I ignored those questions, but it didn't do well for me. I believe we really need to, to, to do everything to find answers to the questions related to faith. Amen? Do everything you can. I was so blessed last Friday. That's the reason why we went home. I think you went home around 12 midnight, right, Marvin or Cecil? They, they all went home around 12. I left around 11, so earlier. Our Bible study finished around 9, right? We finished our 9, so we're good. We, we, we were, you were really good. We're done by 9. The, you know, uh, other life groups follow, follow uh, I'm not going to recommend this technique, but it's a good technique. Start the worship while someone is cooking. Because <laughs> I know people are still cooking, so preparing food, right, when you arrive at the life group. So start worship there and just do the Bible study at the dining table. And, and, and start worship while people are cooking. And, once, and, and if they're still, the food is not ready, then, then, then start the, you know, sharing time. Uh, share, sharing of testimony. Then, then afterwards, when food is ready, then start eating. Maybe 15 minutes after eating, while they're eating, start the discussion. You know, you don't because sometimes it takes it, what, what takes so long for life groups is we wait for people to finish eating before we start the the Bible study, and that's why you begin at nine. Like one of our life groups that this week, they started at nine already for the Bible study <laughs> because uh, people were still eating. So, so try to really finish by nine, okay? Try to finish by nine. 
But the thing is, from 9 to 12 midnight last Friday, we ended up longer because we had a lot, there were a lot of questions. Uh, we talk about the rapture, we talk about the second coming, we talk about uh, premillennium, uh, mid-trib, uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib tribulation, rapture. And we talk about what happens to the soul when after a person dies, whether it stays on the heaven or wherever. So we had all those kinds of discussion. It was good. It was good, right? It's good that you ask those kinds of questions. And we need more time. Okay. So this is what we find in the Thessalonians. They were noble. They were noble. More noble. Uh, sorry, Bereans. More noble than the Thessalonians. Okay. The last group of people, I'm going to end here because we, we will not spend time on this. We're going to spend time on this next Sunday. I call them the apathetic Athenians. They had little or no interest for the gospel. And, and I don't know, I will, not, I will not spend a lot, oh no, okay, we're there. Okay, so this is probably how Athens looked like during the time of Paul. It's, it's not yet in ruins back then. It was very nice back then. Uh, the map is not showing up, right, Jimmy? Okay, that's sorry, I don't have the map there. But, so Paul ended up leaving Berea and going to Athens, but he left Silas behind. So Silas ended up staying in Berea. And, 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 so, and so, while in Athens, there were people, so Paul began to preach in the marketplace, and there were people that were interested with what Paul was saying. But they only listened to Paul out of curiosity. It, was really, it, wasn't really in, it was not really an interest with the gospel message. Uh, this is a very interesting comment by Luke. Luke, talk about Athenians. We're going to talk more about this next week. He, he said, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. <laughs> That's the kind of people the Athenians were. They, I don't, they have a lot of time. Just hang out, talk about a lot of things. And try to get, listen to the new ideas. Uh, that's, hmm. So these are the kind of people that Paul dealt with in Athens. And there were some people who believed, but not a lot. And so, so this is what we find as we, as we look at the Thessalonians, the Bereans, and the Athenians. And we're going to spend more time on the Athenians, on the Athenians next week. Bereans were hostile. The Athenians, they were apathetic. They don't really care much. They listen, but not really interested in the gospel. Um, uh, and also, the, but, but the Bereans, they were eager, and Luke calls them noble. Did you know that when you share the gospel to people, their response is like this as well. There are people that are going to be hostile towards you. There are people that are going to be apathetic. They don't really care. They just listen, man. They're not angry at you. They're not hostile towards you. They're not also eager. They just don't care. And Paul dealt with these kinds of people. But let me ask you, did it stop Paul from sharing the gospel? Nope. Because one day, at one point, at a later point in time, someone is going to be eager to listen to you. We're looking for that kind of people. Amen? And so keep on sharing, even if you encounter hostility, if you encounter apathetic people, keep on sharing because one day you're going to be connected with a person who's eager to listen to your message and accept Jesus and be discipled by you, amen, and bring them to church as well, amen. But let me tell you also, and this is also down to our personal level, this is also how some of you might respond to the Word of God. Some of you, when you read the Bible, you have a tendency to be hostile towards the Word of God. Lord, I don't like what you're saying, oh God. I don't like Pastor Al's sermon, Lord, I hate that sermon. Or I, I, I dislike this instruction from the Word of God or this Bible study, I don't like this, Lord. You know, you're hostile towards the Word of God. You don't like to believe, you don't like to follow His command. I hope you're not like that. That the first sign of the message, the first time the message comes to you, you just close your mind right away, just close your heart right away. And you know, Jesus describes that person as a pathway soil. You know, the soil that, that cannot, the word of God cannot penetrate that person's heart. 
hard-hearted person. Nothing penetrates the person's heart. I hope you're, none of you are like this because we don't want to be in that situation where the Word of God cannot touch your heart, cannot penetrate your heart. Another thing also, some people are apathetic towards the Word of God. They, they just read the Bible but don't care about what the Bible is saying. They just do it because, okay, I'm going to have a check mark for my reading time. Or, I, I, I went to church, check. <laughs> you know, they're not really, they're not concerned whether they're going to obey the Word of God or not. They're not concerned whether they're going to walk according to the will of God or not. They just don't care. Or they have little interest to know God more, to obey God, to do His will. No interest at all. Or maybe little. Bible says that kind of person is lukewarm. You're, you're neither, you, you, neither, you don't hate God, but you don't also love Him. You're right here in the middle. The Bible says you are lukewarm. What I encourage you is to be like the Bereans, to be eager to know God more, to be eager to know His Word, to be excited to know Him more. And I pray that this is the church, that this is our church, and that this is all of you. Because this last verse from Revelation is sovereign. Listen to this. This is what Jesus, this is the word of Jesus, by the way, okay? I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. Meaning, you don't hate me, but you don't love me as well. I wish you either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. It's very hard words from Jesus. You know the worst among the three? It's not the Thessalonians. The worst among the three are the Athenians. They're the worst. Because at least the Thessalonians, God knows that they don't believe. They don't believe in him. They don't follow them. They, they know where they stand. But Athenians, lukewarm people, people who don't really just care, you don't know where they stand. You don't know where, you don't know where they stand. And you don't know where you stand in the word of God if you are lukewarm. Let us be hot for the Lord, right? Amen? On fire for the Lord. Let's pray. Let's close prayer. Let us be like the Bereans. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the life of the Apostle Paul. Thank you for the life of Silas, Lord God. Timothy and Luke, oh God. Lord, there's such an inspiration, a blessing to us, Lord, that in spite of all the struggles they went through, Lord God, they remained faithful. They never gave up, Lord. They were imprisoned in Philippi. They were, they were, they were ridiculed and put to shame in, 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 in Thessalonica, Lord God. A riot was against them, Lord God. A mob was against them. Their lives had been in danger. They were beaten, oh God. But they remained faithful, Lord. Lord, help us to be like them, Lord. Lord, each of us are going through different kinds of struggles, whether it's a personal struggle, Lord. Maybe it's a struggle in our business, job, or even health, Lord Jesus. Or even in the workplace or school, I know some of our youth are being persecuted in their, in their, in their, in their school, oh God. And some of us are being persecuted in our workplace as well, as well Lord. Father God, help us to have that persevering heart that we will not run away, Lord, from you. Remain faithful to you, Lord God, even the most intense struggles of life, Lord. Lord, it's easy to blame you, Lord. It's easy to be angry at you, O God, when things doesn't go our way, Lord God. Lord, we, for we ask your forgiveness for those moments, Lord, when we, when we blame you, Lord God. Lord, help us to be like Paul and Silas, that in the midst of their most difficult struggle, when they were imprisoned in a dark, damp prison, Lord God, they sang, they worshipped you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, there are times in our lives that we cannot even smile. There are times in our lives that we cannot even pray or read your word, oh God, because of the deep struggles that we're going through. And, 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 and Lord, the... the, the the, the pain of not seeing the answers to our prayers, oh God, the desperate answers to our prayers. But Lord, we are committing as a church that in those deepest struggles, when we cannot pray, that we cannot even read your word, we're going to sing. We're going to praise you, Lord. We're going to worship you, Lord, in those moments. 
And I truly believe that, that like what Paul and Silas experienced in the Philippian jail, Lord, you brought a miracle. You brought an earthquake, O oh God, to bring about their release, their deliverance, Lord God. And, and even through that experience, you brought, out, brought about salvation in the life of the jailer himself, Lord. And Lord, we feel, some, we, Lord, sometimes in, in the workplace, we feel that we are being persecuted, Lord. Just like what Paul experienced in, Thessalonians, Lord, in, the Thessalon in Thessalonica, Lord. Help us to be patient, Lord. Help us to be kind and loving and patient in spite of the behavior of our fellow workers. Even persecution within our family, help us to be patient, Lord. And loving, Lord. Lord, when people are don't care about your message, your word, help us not to give up. We'll keep on sharing, Lord. We'll keep on presenting your word, your gospel, Lord Jesus. And Lord, when the opportunity comes for us to share to someone who is eager to know your word, to know you, God, give us an obedient heart that we will drop everything else and focus on this person and give our heart, our mind, our time, God, sharing your word with this person who is eager to listen to your message. Lord, thank you for my brothers and sisters today. Thank you for the encouragement you've given to all of them and the encouragement you've given to me, Lord. Lord, I pray for the blessing of your love and joy and fellowship as we come together, enjoy this meal, God, together, Lord. Let everyone here, even those who are first time, Lord, truly experience, Lord, the love of Christ in this gathering. Lord, even the fellowship may transform our hearts. And just the message, even our lives, O oh God, itself, O oh God, will bear your light and, and glory, O oh God. People will see your glory in this gathering. We just surrender unto you all the struggles we're going through and all our questions we can give this back to you and do answer all our questions God help us to be like the variants of God that we will search the scriptures study your word Lord we don't have an excuse in this time of history Lord of not being able to study your word some of us Lord have 10 Bibles in our homes some of us we have access most of much all of us probably have access to the internet we have access to many many resources today lord and there's no reason for us no excuse for us not to study your word not to dig in deeper into your word lord so lord i pray that this church will be a church that not just reads your word not just meditates on your word but we study your word oh god we study your word like the bereans oh god search scriptures oh god like them lord thank you let this be cry the desire of our heart thank you for our guests today lord god may they find joy in this gathering and find uh, uh, lord inspiration from you in this gathering lord and as we go home oh god today as well we are safe god and, and may the love of christ fill our hearts may the joy of christ saturate our hearts and our lives lord. and let the light of christ shine brightly through our lives oh god that people will see your glory